with the best brand of football in Idaho, this is the 8-Man Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Idaho 8-Man Prep Cast, your weekly breakdown of the greatest game, the 8-Man game, D1, D2 football at the 1A level here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Will Henneke. We're kind of matching today. We're both wearing blue shirts. I'm really disappointed with the UCLA logo on yours, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the easy out that it's a gift that you feel compelled to wear from time to time. Okay, yeah, I'll just uh, keep my Bruin fandom to myself then. I'm, yes. I'm, <laughs> Especially with a WSU Cougar alumni here on the other side of the screen. Wow, that's pretty uh, impressive. I, I one, one quick note about UCLA, and then we'll get to A-Man football. Um, a couple of years ago, well, this was like 10, 10 15 years ago now, uh, a buddy of mine from high school played college basketball and track at the University of Mary. It's a D2 school in Bismarck, North Dakota, and they, they had John Wooden come and speak to the team um and he got uh a copy of wooden's book his autobiography autographed and gave it to me so that was pretty cool so i have that that's a pretty treasured uh possession that i have so pretty cool yeah anyways enough uh bragging about me because now it's time for me to uh apologize to eight man nation will because i messed up pretty badly i feel like i'm pretty plugged into what's going on around the state of idaho not just eight man not just football but soccer volleyball you know i try to be as up to date on everything as i can and some things slip through the cracks and the 1a d1 football playoffs is one of those things that just slipped through the cracks and i didn't notice so if you haven't gone to the homepage at idahosports.com in a while first of all you should you should check every day there's new stuff all the time there but if you haven't, uh, yesterday I wrote this big, huge article about the bubble watch and basically an exercise of if the football playoffs started today, which teams would be in, where would they be seated, what would the matchups look like? And I did this for 5A all the way down to 1AD2. And along the way of writing this article, I discovered that the 1AD1 football postseason format had changed. And um, in years past, it had basically been the five district champions automatically get in. And then the next six, seven best teams get the at-large bids. And it's based on your max preps rating. So some leagues only got one team in the white pine league, you know, sometimes got four or five teams in and it really varied from year to year. Well, they've now gone back to the more traditional model this year of we're going to give more auto bids based upon, you know, districts and allocation and making sure there's equal representation among all the districts. And that's a big thing that the Idaho High School Activities Association really prides themselves on is equal representation. Um, and we see it in other sports, right? Some conferences are stronger than others and some good teams are left home at the expense of others. And this, this happens across the board. Well, it's come now to football where there's going to be 12 playoff teams, nine auto bids, and only three at-large bids available. And this is a pretty big story. And I'll admit, it wasn't on my radar until yesterday when I started you know, researching and writing this project. And for that, I am sorry. I should be better at being up to date on what's going on. And so some eight-man fans have known this for a while. Some are learning it right now as we're talking about it. But this, this is a big development that kind of went right over my head. Yeah, I wasn't aware of it until you said something. I was under the assumption that that last year's five automatic and, and seven at large, which was going to shrink down to four automatic because there is no there was at this point there was no district one um, in one A. Um, 
So there would just be a two, three, four, and then five, six. So there'd be in my mind, okay, so now you've got four automatics and, and eight at-larges. I thought that made a ton of sense. And in the idea of being equitable, being fair, being balanced, I think if you win your conference, you get in. And then if you're one of the next eight best teams, whatever that criteria is, they're using the max preps formula. So be it. You know what it is. Uh, you know you know the bar that you have to reach. The the, the problem that in lies here is now you're down to three auto bids, or I'm sorry, three at-large bids. The max preps formula, whatever that formula is, and it's not like they have a page saying, here's how we determine it. You know, um, we, we have hints, we have, we have little teasers of what goes in it. But the fact that we don't know exactly what goes into it is going to make it really hard to figure out, you know, why Team X is currying favor over Team Y. And we talked about it some last year, Brandon, as a, a five-win Wilder team wasn't even really that close in terms of the max prep rankings when it was all said and done. It wasn't like they missed out by a whisker. They missed out, I, I want to say there was another team, but even before Wilder to get one of those last at-large playoff berths. Well, now you've just expanded that tenfold. And and I think that the the... The, what you laid out on on the idahosports.com where now district three gets two automatic teams automatic bids in and so you have notice who deserves to be there absolutely deserves to be there and i had laid out in my eight-man column that i saw a path where rimrock could get in there and maybe play into position to to get an at-large bid and that was on the premise that it was there were going to be eight at-large bids available okay that they were that they had a chance to play themselves into one of eight well, now District 3 has two automatics. So Rimrock, as we sit here today, it's Rimrock and notice. Idaho City has a chance to kind of swoop in and get that second spot. We'll we'll talk about that later. But now what you've got is you've got Rimrock, quote unquote, in, and there are upwards of a half a dozen teams that have better max preps rankings that potentially could miss out in order for Rimrock to be in. And uh, this is in, in no means... You know, I'm all for when a team gets in, let them play. And, and I would love to see Rimrock. I would love to see the Raiders out there competing in the playoffs. This is not an anti-Rimrock. I'm using them strictly as an example here in that if the idea is, quote, unquote, fair, okay, six teams that are judged by your criteria to have better resumes are not going to the playoffs because this team finished second in their league. Can we make an argument whether or not that's really the definition of fair? I think there's at least a debate to be had. Yep. And the same thing happens, you know, like at, at the 5A level, right? The Boise schools, sure. there, there are middle-of-the-road Boise teams that will get into the playoffs ahead of good teams from the north or the east a lot of times because of that, because of they get so many spots being from a large district so uh, it, it's not an eight-man thing it's not a rimrock thing it this no. happens every year in every sport somewhere rimrock's just the example we're using this year because the numbers are what the numbers are you know the max preps rating is what the max preps rating is i i think rimrock's a good team they've had some good wins oh, yeah. this yeah, year they're fine they're fine i'm this is and, and and the reality is is they'll probably finish with an above 500 record so it's not like we're talking about a one-win team or anything however comma and this, please do not 
take this to sound hypocritical because I banged the drum for Lighthouse Christian. You know, I think that in a in a four and eight, which is what we thought it was, eight at large, that they would probably find themselves in position to be one of the eight at larges. Okay. Well, now with a nine automatic and a three, based on the numbers that you pulled, they're currently in at zero and five, and and I think that that, and I believe Lighthouse Christian is a good team. I believe there's a couple wins left ahead on their schedule, and it may render the whole thing moot when they win those games. But I think that that's going to raise some eyebrows when a Clearwater Valley team that is four and two is out, while a Lighthouse Christian at zero and five is in. And it's it's purely an optical thing, right? It's there's a formula. We're relying on the formula, but it's not clearly stated what the formula is. So if you live in Kuski, if you live in North Idaho, and it's exactly what happened to Wilder last year, just except that it was in the the larger, you know, the more at large. You know, we we did what we could do. We won the games. Why are we not in the playoffs over this team that lost the games? Yeah, it's, and it's, it's it's so just purely from an optic standpoint, from a visual standpoint, it, it may it may make if they if they broke it out like if there was a page that said here is here is our A B C D E whatever it is, the formula may make perfect sense. But in without that, sans that, if we don't have that to look at, we're left to wonder how. An 0-5 team that has played five incredible football teams, and they haven't exactly gotten destroyed in those five games, how an 0-5 team mathematically ranks higher than a team that's 4-2. and Yeah, and it's it's very close, I will tell you. I didn't include the max preps um, numbers, but for that last playoff spot right now, if the playoffs were starting today, Lighthouse Christian, their max preps rating is 35.4. Clearwater Valley is 32.9. Anything within five points, you know, you can move with a win, you know, so it's, it's, it's very close. They also have what's called the strength of schedule rating. And I don't know how that's calculated, but Lighthouse Christian has far and away the most difficult in all of it is 60.2 in strength of schedule. Clearwater Valley's is 28.2. In fact, the next closest team in terms of strength of schedule is Oakley at 53.2. And Oakley has played Kendrick. And so mm. we so that tells you that Lighthouse has really challenged themselves with the schedule. This happened last year where Lighthouse uh coming down the stretch was winless, and yet here they were, like right on they the cut. The mix. Right yeah. on the cut line. So yeah, and 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 that's where I say we can't really um without knowing exactly what those formula those formulas are, like Lighthouse Christian, we've talked about this for a month now. With the first five games they had, four of the five teams are ranked, and the one that's not, well, they might be now. Grace might be ranked now. Are they in the top five now? So it's it's possible that every team that they've played is ranked. They have played, you know, they have played the AFC West of high school football. They have played the best of the best. Anywhere from, you know, four and one to zero oh and five. We, we could have made an argument for that a month ago. The fact that they're 0-5 is not a shock, yet we can still say they're a pretty good football team. But what I'm saying is if you are if, – if you are and, – and just to, to use these two teams, okay, if, if, if you are Clearwater Valley, if you're a Rams fan, if you're a Rams player, a Rams parent, we've played six games. 
we've beaten the teams that we should beat. Therefore, we're four and two. Okay. Yet we're scored lower than this team that's 0-5 that has frankly probably lost to the teams that they should lose to. But so because they lost to teams that a mathematical equation deems a little bit better, they rank better than the fact that we won games. I think that can be a really hard sell without transparency. And there's not a lot of transparency with this equation. Yeah, it is. It's a big uh, mystery in terms of how everything gets calculated, but it's it's going to be a very interesting discussion as we get through the final three weeks of the regular season. So let's let's just go kind of district by district and kind of look at where everybody's at. Uh, we'll start in the White Pine League because that is that's the hotbed right now. Mm-hmm. They get three automatic bids right now. Camii clubhouse leader right there alone in first place they're the only undefeated team right now you've got a three-way tie between prairie potlatch and clearwater valley they're all three and one in league play for this exercise there and i don't know how they would determine that because clearwater valley still plays prairie and potlatch obviously they play potlatch thursday prairie the following friday so the rams I, I I didn't mean to alarm you know fans in Kuski. This just for this exercise, I put them on the outside because technically, Prairie has beaten Potlatch, so I put them second, and Potlatch was third. But it could finish in any order, really. Mm-hmm. Basically, yep. you've got three teams that are fighting for two playoff spots, and the third team that doesn't get an auto bid may be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. And, and realistically, you look at this week's schedule, you could make the argument that there are two playoff games, you know, Clearwater uh, Valley versus Potlatch, you mentioned on Thursday. And then on Friday, you've got Prairie taking on Lapway. You can argue that if, if Lapway wins that game, not only do they knock Prairie down a peg, but they jump themselves up a peg to the point where they're maybe in that conversation. And and that's where things get really hairy now when you're, you've got a number of teams you know, Logos, are they've played well lately. Are they a team that can play themselves into that discussion as well? And, you know, so you, you've got a couple of games in the White Pine this week that they're not elimination games, but they're probably pretty close um, depending on the outcomes of those games. It just, I look at the White Pine and it's such a great league and coming into the season, I was like, yeah, we could see four, maybe even five teams from the White Pine get in the playoffs and now faced with the reality that it might be three and that's it. Yeah, I don't know. That just, uh, it just feels weird to me. And, you know, Prairie is a team that's banged up right now. You know, Prairie it easily could be the team that's on the outside looking and that's a very distinct possibility as well. So. Yeah. Trenton Lawrence didn't play last week, and and obviously that impacted them big time in that game in Kamii. I don't know that he's playing this week. And you take him out against a Lapway team that, for the most part, has shown the ability to put up a lot of points on just about anybody that they play, you're going to need all the weapons that you have at your disposal. So to take T.T. Kane's best athlete, his best running back, out of the mix, that's going to pose, that's going to pose a really big challenge to that Prairie team. And whether it's it's Eli Hines or whether it's Colton McElroy, whoever it is, they're going to need someone to really break through and, and have a big game for them this Friday. Yeah, it's like you said, pretty much uh, if you want to be assured of a playoff spot, you got to run the table and win these next three weeks. Otherwise, pretty close. Pretty close. You're, you're you don't want it. And it's I'm a baseball coach, right? And we talk about it with our kids all the time. If you have two strikes, don't put it in the umpire's hands. You know, be ready to swing the bat. This would be the equivalent of that. Don't put it in a computer's hands. 
Okay. You want to be in the playoffs, go take care of business, go win football games and, and you'll be in. It's, it's really, it's, it's that simple for, for all four. I, I would, I would argue for all four of those teams. I think if Lapway wins out, they're probably in, um, but definitely Potlatch, definitely Clearwater Valley, definitely Prairie. Those three teams, if they win out, they're going to be one of those top three teams. The thing is, is not all three of them can win out just based on that. There's some crossover. They play each other a little bit. Um, but the team, if a team does, if one of those teams does win out, they'll be they'll be in. Yeah, it's it's going to be really fascinating uh, to watch and probably gut wrenching a little bit at the same time for for those fans up north. All right, let's go to District Three, where we talked about they get two auto bids. Notice uh, has got this thing locked up, um, and and other than that, will it really is unsettled? You know, Rimrock is the example I used because they're in second place right now, two and zero. But they they've got the toughest games of the year coming up on their schedule. In fact, ironically enough, Rimrock, the team we're talking about, they don't play this week. <laughs> they have a bye, yeah, yeah. so uh, that's kind of funny. Um, I you mentioned Idaho City. They play Wilder and Rimrock and Notice all over these last three weeks, where Idaho City could run the table and win the conference. Certainly, right? Mathematically, they could, but. You know, Rimrock took the first step by beating Wilder last week, but you know we could see these three teams beat up on each other as well and cause a three-way tie for second place. And then what do you do? Then you go into the transparency of that mathematical equation. Um, I mean, I for me, I think the 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 whole thing comes down to that Rimrock Idaho City game in a couple of weeks. I think that's going to be the one that that really decides it. And uh, Rimrock has been playing much better of late. Sam Ward is he's been very very candid in the fact, hey, we've got we've got room to go, but we're getting better, man. We're getting better. And Idaho City, you know, with with uh, Brody Backus and also with Ian Rober and you know some of those kids that they've got there that have been they've been in big games before. You know that they're you know that they're going to show up ready to play, and you know that they're going to be in the mix. So it's 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 hard to say how that one's going to play out other than the fact that <clears throat> even if something happens, you got to figure notice is getting one of those two spots, period. Let's just go ahead and assume that there's not some sort of an earthquake where the whole town falls in a hole or something like that. Notice is going to be in. So it basically comes down to who gets that second spot. And I think the the one that is probably going to go the farthest in determining because um, Idaho City still plays notice. Uh, and Rimrock both plays notice. So let's cancel those two out. Well, those two play head to head and and whoever wins that game will have, we talk about inside track a lot. We talk about being in the driver's seat a lot, um, especially for Rimrock because they have that one game up having already beat Wilder. If they can turn around and beat Idaho city, I don't want to say that notice game the following week means nothing, but it almost means nothing because you, at that point you've, you've locked up that second seed at worst. Yep. And so you're talking about if Rimrock defeats Idaho City next week, they go into that finale against Notice with a lot to play for. And that's very exciting for, for the Rimrock fans, certainly. So uh, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. District four, they get three auto bids uh, for this exercise. I grabbed the three with the highest max preps rating. That's Oakley. That's Raft River. That's Kerry. Um, Murtaugh is right there as well, though. They're, they're four and one overall two and one in conference play. You feel good about four teams getting in from district four. Um, certainly with the way Murtaugh has been playing, 
the the game is next Friday when Murtaugh plays Carey. That will be a huge game that will probably determine that third auto bid from District Four. Yeah, and this is the this is the league where you can see somebody potentially getting left out. Because you mentioned Lighthouse Christian based on Max Prep's numbers there in the mix for things as well. Um, but there's there's a lot of good football being played down there. Uh, Raft River right now is a little bit banged up. They've got a couple injuries, but what do they do? They just keep finding ways to win football games. You know, they're just they're a good team. Oakley, one of the tops in the state, period. Um, they're a really good football team. So you get down to where, you know, your Murtaugh, your Carey, and your potentially Lighthouse Christian, or hey, what happens if Glens Ferry steals a win or two here down the stretch? But realistically, Murtaugh, Carey, and maybe Lighthouse Christian are probably the ones that that might have an inside an inside edge, so to speak. There, um, there's a there's a reasonable chance that at least one of them is not going to be in the playoffs. Um, so who gets it? Who gets it done? You know, Lighthouse Christian has, in my opinion, the slimmest margin, but the biggest upside. Because I think with they've they've got to win games, but I think they've got they've arguably got the most winnable games remaining because they've already played Raft, they've already played Oakley, they've already played Carey, they've already played those teams. So now you're getting into the part of the schedule where where head coach Jason Smith and his team should be going in saying, okay, here's our chance. We got to make some hay. And, and we talked about with with uh, you know earlier the uh, you know you got to take care of your business here. Don't put it in someone else's hands. That's got to be Lighthouse Christian's mantra here. If we if we want a shot, we have to win. We have to win. It's the it's really that simple. Yeah, their their margin for error is is none at this point. Um Murtaugh, just for reference, their max preps rating is higher than Prairie and Potlatch. So mm-hmm. that gives you an idea of how good this conference really yeah. is. And we could be looking at the regular season finale, a Saturday night game in Twin Falls, Lighthouse Christian hosting Murtaugh. That could easily wow. be a game where the winner yeah. goes to the playoffs and the loser stays home. Yeah, that's and that's a heck of a matchup right there. Because is and like I say, we've been we've been talking this one for months that this Lighthouse Christian team with their with their speed and with their athleticism, they have the potential to cause some teams trouble. And I think that their their week by week over the season has borne that to be true. They, they can do a lot of damage, especially offensively. So you get into a one-game winner-take-all setting where, you you know, you know Murtaugh can play a little bit. You know Lighthouse Christian can play a little bit. That, that might be a game that Idaho sports might have to think about uh, sending a crew. Yes, we, we've already made a couple of tweaks to our broadcast schedule for this week. We're putting some high-profile eight-man matchups on that we will talk about. Uh, a little bit later on in our D2 conversation. Um, and then District 5-6, really, it's it's Grace and Butte County. I think both are pretty solidly in the playoffs. You know, for our projections, uh, I had Grace as the quote-unquote district champ because they have the higher max preps rating. Certainly, Butte County could win that game as well. So, But I think, you know, th- those two are both in. So when you look at the three at-large bids, Butte County and or Grace is going to get one. Murtaugh and or Lighthouse whoever the fourth team is from district four is going to get one. And that leaves that one spot left for possibly a white pine, possibly a district four, you know, somebody good is going to be, you know, sitting at home for the playoffs. And so that's what is going to make this all really intriguing to watch down the stretch. Um, I did a fun exercise too, will where 
and then took the projected field and said, okay, now seeding the teams according to Max Preps, what would the what would the matchups look like? I thought this was kind of a fun exercise. This will certainly change a lot. This will be the thing that changes the most as we oh, do yeah. this each of the last three weeks. But um, really, here's how it looked. Oakley would be the one seed. Kamii would be the two seed. Grace would be the three seed. Notice would be the four seed. Those are your four district champs, and they all receive first round buys. And then take a look at these matchups. Number nine, Prairie at number eight, Murtaugh. Number 12, Rimrock at number five, Raft River. Number 10, Potlatch at number seven, Butte County. And uh, a rematch, number 11, Lighthouse Christian at number six, Cary. That'd be a pretty good slate. That would be pretty good, for sure. Uh, I think there's some other teams when you're talking about Clearwater and, and Lapway and whatnot, they're like, ah, it'd be a little better if we were in there. And <laughs> right. uh, they, they would I'm, they would cause some definite challenges for a lot of teams in the field as well. But um, I, I think that, I think especially with some of the matchups we have, particularly in District uh, 2 coming up this week, I, I think we're going to know a lot more by this time next week or we're going to feel a little bit more secure, a little more stable at this point next week. Um, but there's a possibility, depending on how it goes, we could be throwing up our hands going, well, God, back back to the drawing board, man. This thing's muddier than ever. But I think we'll be a little more stable. Uh, we'll feel a little bit more uh, secure in, in which teams we'll most likely be in. Yep. Um, the other thing uh, I was going to mention is that we talk about if teams get wins, um, could that boost their max prep rating? It could. I just don't know by how much. That's the other part we don't know. Like if nope. if Lapway beats Prairie, you know that might jump them up twenty points. It might jump them up two. I don't. I don't know how that's calibrated. So and that comes of... back to the transparency issue. Right. And you know, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken had their eleven herbs and spices, and they never exactly put it out there. But I think that's a little different in where. You know, if, if you're, you know, again, if, if you're Nick Holloway and you're Logos, it'd sure be nice to know going into these games how much ground we've got to make up and how can we make it up. You may not even really know what you what you can do to make up that gap. You may not know. And that makes things a lot, a lot tougher down the stretch if you're one of those teams eyeballing an at-large spot. So let's move on to uh, 1AD2 now where – you know, this bracket is so simple, right? It's already all built in. There's no at-larges. We we know. Uh, I almost, you know, I almost prefer this because at least going into the start of the season, teams know where they stand, right? And teams know where they're at. And you have to go earn it. Like, you know that there's X amount of spots available and, you know, go get it. So um, yeah, I got I to think about it more because, I mean, I, I personally was a fan of the district champs get in and then let's just get the next eight best teams. Whatever that formula you're using is, I, I was a fan of that. Um, but it seems like it's the, the other alternative. It, it seems like going with nine automatic and three at large, you're you're fit. You're sitting on the fence maybe a little too much. But I want to see how it plays out because they may have it exactly right. When it's all said and done, they may have it exactly right. And you know something to remember with those at large bids. You know, we're, we're fighting over teams that are going to be in that 10, 11, 12 spot most likely, correct? You know, so are these teams, it's like it's like NCAA tournament times when people are complaining that, well, my team was a seven seed. They clearly should have been a six. Right. Tell me the last six seed to go to the final four. 
you know, we're not talking about Oakley. We're not talking about Raft River. We're not talking about Notice. And I don't mean this disparagingly in any way. So please don't take it that way. We're talking about teams that are just fighting to get there. Okay. Do they have long-term aspirations of playing deep into November? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, I, I, I've always said I'd rather be the, the ugliest kid invited to the dance rather than the prettiest one left at home. I mean, I would 100 times out of 100, I'd rather be there. But, you know, it. I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me because I, I would I want to see the best teams in. At the same time, I want teams to have something to play for. And, and bringing this back around to the 1A Division II ranks, how many times have we used Clark Fork as an example of a team that goes six and two, but knows by October 1st that they can't go to the playoffs because they already lost one league game, you know, that, and, and having some semblance of a at large pool probably eliminates that. Yeah. Um, I will say in terms of at large, quote unquote, you know, Butte County or grace is going to get an at large bid. Um, if grace got the at large bid right now, they'd be the five seed. Uh, if Butte County got the at-large bid, they'd be the seven seed. So that's kind of the one exception to the rule there where good quality team, but it's a three-team conference. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but they both can play for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll finally get to see them play soon. Not this week, but soon. A couple uh, weeks, yep. Yes. Um, okay, 1AD2. Uh, District 1 gets two bids. Right now that's Mullen St. Regis, 3-0 and in conference. Clark Fork is 3-1. and the big battle is next week. Clark Fork will take on Wallace. If the Wampus Cats win that, they pretty much sew up a playoff slot. Um, mm-hmm. Two bids from District 2. We feel pretty good about Kendrick. And really, the other three, you know, Deary and Lewis County and Timberline are all fighting for that, that slot. They each have two conference games left. Lewis County has the easiest path only because they don't have to play Kendrick. <laughs> and the other two... Yeah. have to play Kendrick. Um, I really still do think it comes down to that season finale. Uh, Lewis County hosting Timberline, just like it did last year. We'll have to wait and see. District 3 gets three bids. Right now, uh, Council and Garden Valley are both undefeated in conference play. They're both 2-0. Uh, and and then Horseshoe Bend is at 2-1. and one. And we've talked about Tri-Valley. They still play all three of those teams. So Tri-Valley could also play their way in. But those are really the four teams that are contending for the three playoff slots there. And then in District 4, they get three bids automatically. You called it last week, Will. You said, everybody's sleeping on Hanson. It wouldn't shock me to see the Huskies, you know, come out and get a win against Hagerman. And that's exactly what they did. So they're kind of in the mix now, although Camas County, Castle Ford, and Dietrich still remain the three favorites, right? Yeah, they're they're going to have to pull an upset there. And again, you just, as a competitor, you just want the ball in your hands. You just want that chance to do that. And I guarantee you that the Huskies are, are, are anxious for this opportunity. You know, hey, why not? You know, we're going to have to beat them eventually. Let's beat them now. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge, but again, it's, I, I would rather have the challenge in front of me rather than, you know, be playing out the string, getting ready for basketball. Definitely. So, uh, the big matchup this week is, uh, Castle Ford is taking on Dietrich, right? That'll, Huge. uh, essentially Huge. decide it, um, for Castle Ford, right? If Castle Ford wins this game, uh, they've already beaten Camas County last week, 26 to eight, um, that, that was a really good one. You know, Castle Ford's defense, I think, has been overlooked at times this year. I think the most really points they've good. allowed in a game is, what, 14, right? 14, 12, something like that. Not very much. And 
I don't know that Camas County had been held below 40 something. Um, you know, when they went out there, Castle Ford, that is, they, they, they forced some turnovers. They slowed down Camas County's, uh, you know, offense just in general, you know, they held them to, to, to eight points total for the whole game. But, um, you know, they, we, we've talked about it a number of times, even in the eight man game, you're going to, at some point, you're going to have to make some stops and Castle Ford right now in the D2, Castle Ford and Kendrick on, on paper have been the two best at that. And, and, you know, Castle Ford from that standpoint alone should not be ignored by any stretch of the imagination. Now, Dietrich has also been pretty good in that, in that, uh, classification as well as they've they have not given up a, a whole ton of points uh garden valley has been very good in that respect as well uh so who's who's gonna get the who's who's gonna give the who's gonna give the defending champs the, the best punch you know which which of those teams is gonna be able to stand in there with kendrick and trade punches the best yeah it's gonna be very fascinating to watch it all unfold um on our Magic Valley prep cast, which is specifically for District 4 Athletics, um, Scott Burton, my co-host, reached out to Coach Lowry from Castle Ford, and he said, uh, he told Scott basically that Castle Ford uh, really likes playing with the chip on their shoulder. Not that teams think they're not good, but it's because they have 12 players, Will, and that's it. Um, they're, they're a 1A D1 school enrollment-wise, but they petitioned to play down at 1A D2 because they only have 12 players. Coach Lowry said, you know, we get off the bus sometimes and there's more cheerleaders than football players. And they kind of take, they wear that as a badge of honor that, hey, we're one of the oh, smallest sure. teams out here and, and we're getting it done. And it's been nice to see them have a little bit of an uptick after a few years where they where they struggled a little bit. But the thing here for, for Castleford that's going to bear watching going forward, you mentioned 12 players. I think eight of them are seniors. You know, a couple seniors, couple or a couple juniors, couple freshmen. There's you know, when this class gets through, they're going to have to they're going to have to hit reset on the old video game there a little bit. So, um, you know, not that there's any more or any less pressure than there would be if they had 12 juniors on the team. But, you know, this this there's a bit of a, you know, they're going to have to fight the, the perception that the window is is closing on them because they they're a v, we've talked a lot about young teams. Kendrick is still a young team, you know. Lakeside is a very young team. We've talked a lot about that. Garden Valley is pretty young. Tri-Valley is pretty young. Castle Ford's on the other side of that. They're a very veteran team. They've played a lot of football. They've played a lot of big games. And I think that experience is going to pay some dividends for them in the playoffs. But but they've got to be ready come you know next spring. There are going to be some big, big shoes to fill for Castle Ford. Definitely. So Castle Ford is at Dietrich Friday night. Will, we will be broadcasting this game live free of charge on IdahoSports.com. It's Magic Valley game night from Dietrich. Oh boy, a pair of uh, undefeated teams. This is going to be a fun one to watch and you can at IdahoSports.com on Friday. A great matchup. I've been on the Dietrich train from the beginning and I'm going to stay on it now. Peyton Snedden, Cody Power, Connor Perkins. They've got a number of kids capable of making big plays they can be explosive on offense they can be tough on defense <clears throat> you know they're they're one of the five they're one of the top five teams in the state at the 1a division two uh classification for a reason it's not an accident they very much deserve it this should be a fantastic football game one of the one of the best eight-man football games i think looking at it from, from the outside looking in ahead of time um, i think this has the potential to be one of the best games of the year 
Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting battle. And again, you can watch it on IdahoSports.com. And my projections for the the bubble watch exercise that I did, I put Castle Ford as the conference champ just because they they finished higher last year. I kind of deferred mm-hmm. to last year where it was all tied up. So yep. um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I bring that up because that's exactly what I did in District Five Six. I have no idea how this is going to go. Rockland, North Gem, Water Springs all look really good at times. Other times they've struggled and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So kind of by default for this projection, I had North gem as my league champ and Rockland as the second place team. There's two bids available only because that's what happened last year. Now, am I saying that's what's going to happen this year? No, it could. It could be the exact opposite way though. And we're finally going to get it all figured out. Water Springs will play North gem this Friday. Then Rockland will play water Springs next Friday and then it is Rockland and North Gem to wrap up the season on the twenty first. Yeah, that that whole that whole district may come down to who takes care of the ball the best. You know, if, if you look at and and I haven't gotten to see much video on any of those teams yet, but if, if you look at North Gem, if you look at some of their video, and if you look at some Rockland video, turnovers have hampered them. Whether it's interceptions or whether it's fumbles, turnovers have hampered them a little bit. So the team that protects the ball the best. That might be enough to give them the edge. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, so so the projected playoff bracket um, that I came up with for this exercise, uh, Council, uh, I gave the uh, District 3 championship to because they finished higher than Garden Valley last year. Garden Valley plays Horseshoe Bend on Friday um, in a pretty big battle that could be for you know, second and third place uh, for Garden Valley. It could be still for a championship. We uh, we're in the works to try and get you that game on IdahoSports.com. I was I was just texting to see if we had gotten permission from Horseshoe Bend yet to go broadcast. Um, we haven't yet, but it's it's on our plans. So I would say check back uh, on IdahoSports.com. Click on the game streams tab to see. But that that's our plan is to go broadcast that Garden Valley Horseshoe Bend contest Friday afternoon as well, which should be a really uh, exciting. So you could really do a double dip, right? You could watch Garden Valley Horseshoe Bend first and switch over to Castle Ford and Dietrich. Kind of a double header. Split screen it, man. Split screen it. Watch them both. Why not? Live <laughs> yeah, the dream. For sure. Um, okay. So uh, in in this bracket um, that I came up with, Kendrick, Council, North Gem, Mullen St. Regis, they get the four buys. First round matchups, uh, Camas County at Rockland. The winner of that would play Kendrick. Uh, Dietrich at Clark Fork. The winner of that would play Council. Horseshoe. Oh, that's a tough drive right there. I know, right? Horseshoe Bend at Castle Ford. The winner would play Norgan. And then I had Garden Valley at Timberline. And the winner of that would play Mullen St. Regis. So you're talking about, let's say that's really what it is. Garden Valley drives up to Weipe beats Timberline the very next week, they got to turn around and drive up to Mullen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you would see if this was the NFL or something, they may just stay up there, but that's, that's not how it works in in one, a high school football in Idaho. They're going to have to get on that bus. They're going to have to go all the way home. And I I mean, I guess the good news is, is it's garden Valley. So you're already North of Boise to start with versus, you know, I mentioned the, the D trick at Clark Fork. You're going from basically not not as far south in idaho as you can go i mean you're basically going from twin falls almost to canada that's that's a long long way to go and then whoever wins that game then has to turn around and and go play council which is you know that's going to be a healthy drive for either one of those teams 
Yeah, it's it was really interesting to me to see all the teams from the north get to host, whether it's Mullen, Clark Fork, Wallace, Lewis County, Timberland, whatever. They get to host in the first round and the quarterfinals. So that'd be pretty interesting um, to take a look at. But again, uh, we'll we'll update the bubble watch next week and and have a little more data to to work with certainly. But I thought now that we got to October, will this was the time to really start looking ahead and start making plans for the playoffs and figure out the situations and and the breakdown. And so, uh, needless to say, there's a lot of good football still left to determine where we're at. There's some great games coming up, and I'm looking forward to them. And I'm in, I'm excited to hear that you guys are going to be able to broadcast a number of them and. I'll be able to sit from the the friendly confines of my living room. I've got a couple different screens I can pull up and uh, can just can just watch the games and and then have fun. Yep, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So big thanks to all of the uh, eight man football fans that tune in each week. Uh, we do it for you, the fans, to, to give you the good content. And uh, we'll be back next week for another edition of the Idaho Eight Man Prepcast. Until then, enjoy the competition this weekend, everybody. For Will Henneke, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.